Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Again, it is hour two of Mornings with Carmen. If you missed the first hour, I invite you to catch that later as a podcast at MyFaithRadio.com. For those of you listening in Hartford, I do think we still have a few spaces left in our event on this Saturday afternoon, 4.30 to 6 p.m. If you are available and interested in meeting up with me in Hartford, 4.30 to 6 p.m. this Saturday, just text the word MEET, M-E-E-T, to 877-933-2484. So Peter Kapsner is actually going to cover the show for me tomorrow. He is also up next. But before we get to Peter, let me just um, briefly touch on this headline news story. President Donald Trump has announced the launch of a tech business that includes a social media app simply called Truth. So in addition to the Truth Social app, um, which is expected to launch sometime by the end of the year, Um, The former president and this new company is also planning a video on demand service um, and other features as well. So I just wanted to pause um, because I'll just tell you, I tripped over the word truth as a brand Um, that brought me up short as a Christian. Uh, And so let me just pause there for a moment and reflect on that because language matters. Truth is one of the three transcendental virtues, goodness, beauty, and truth. You may know it from Plato, who focused on the good. You may know it from Aristotle, who focused on the beautiful. Later philosophers have focused on uh, the true or the truth. And from a Christian worldview, truth is already a brand. And his name is Jesus. And so I just... I was caught up short and tripped over the word as a brand and... And so just sought to discover why I found that a little bit hard to reconcile. So, you know, I think of Jesus before Pilate, where they have this conversation about what is truth and maybe what's the truth got to do with it. And in that moment, in that present situation, you know, there were there are two men, Jesus and Pilate, and they both know that Pilate is going to yield to the murderous demands of the crowd, no matter the facts of the matter, no matter that Jesus had done nothing worthy of death. Um, They both knew that Pilate was going to hand Jesus over to be crucified. Um, And so if the truth is that which accords with reality, and the reality is that the world has fallen into a depth of sin from which only God could redeem, then the truth in that moment, the truth in that moment, Um, was that Jesus was going to die, contrary to the facts of the matter. And I think there's a lesson in that for us when we think about truth and how it is lifted up and used today. Um, The truth has been, over the course of time, as described by the Apostle Paul, actively suppressed. Pontius Pilate played a hand in the ultimate act of truth, perversion, and suppression um, that the world will ever witness. And God had a plan to redeem it. 
I mean, truth prevailed. Truth prevails. Truth won. Truth wins. Jesus is the one who is the way and the truth and the life. It is the beginning and the end of the story. And so when we ask ourselves, um, what is the truth or what is true? We also have to ask ourselves how we discern truth, who leads us into all truth, who alone is the way and the truth and the life. Truth is already a brand, and his name is Jesus. So when you begin thinking about social media and follows and likes, I want you to consider who you're following on social media and whether or not they lead you into all truth as defined by the one who has branded truth, whose name is Jesus, and who follows you and whether or not you are representing Christ to them faithfully every moment of every day. And if not, where are you leading them? Where are you leading the people who are following you on social media? And if not into all truth, then you're actively suppressing it. All right, we got Peter Kapsner up next. I'm going to ask him why a Atlanta Braves outfielder, Jock Peterson, is wearing pearls to the plate. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, Dr. Peter Kapsner is back, and we have to pause for a moment and do a little social media training. Peter, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Those breaks are too short, Carmen. Okay. We have a lot to are cover you, in those minutes. <laughs> I know. Are you even at all aware that when I page you on Twitter, like I say, paging Dr. Peter Kapsner, that that means I want you to read that story? I mm. want you to know that that's happening. Do you know that that's like what's what I'm doing when it says paging? Do you even read your Twitter feed? Are you paying attention there's, at all? There's, there's a lot of very understandable questions you're asking right, right there. And and I, let's just say that I didn't know you could page someone on Twitter. The last time I was mm. paged, I actually had a little rectangular device on, on my belt and felt really important about having the pager. But So you can actually page me on Twitter? Because well, no, I mean, it would seem I should get notified I'm... for that, right? Shouldn't there be something okay, that buzzes? You... Well, hello, if you were following me and you had put a little and you had teched the little bell that has a little cross sign on it, then you would get notifications when I am trying to communicate with you. Okay, hang on but just a minute. if you don't enable the notifications, then no, you don't. So, so literally when you Do when you, you start tweeting towards me or, or paging me, I'm going to get a notification with a cross yes. symbol? Oh, this is no, actually no. pretty. No, There's a little bell with a little plus sign. Oh, it's just a plus sign. Okay. you have to enable that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I will mean, get that you, enabled. Which... Between now and tomorrow morning, I will get that enabled. I am growing <sighs> in my it's social got, media you, knowledge. You have some students who could probably help with that. Okay. <laughs> I bet they could. <laughs> Something caught my eye in the run-up to the World Series. <clears throat> One Atlanta Braves outfielder named Jock Peterson is wearing a pearl necklace. Yes. And I would like to know why. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, these major league athletes in baseball, and then you know I cover ba- uh, basketball and have been in the locker rooms there, it, it is all about bling. It's all about style. It's it's uh, It really is what you can wear around your neck, what you can wear on your ears, how you uh, dye maybe your hair and, and wear your hair. And then the tattoo thing, of course, has been the rage for at least a decade or so. So he just and, and you have to push the envelope. These guys, they're they're pretty tongue in cheek about it. Most of them, some of it take really seriously. But I have a suspicion that Jock Peterson was pretty tongue in cheek, as opposed to promoting cross dressing or or something feminine as a masculine baseball player. So I I don't think it was that they they like to have some. No, fun. it's not. No, he just he like saw yep. it and he's like, I've done the gold thing and right. I've done the. 
uh, done the heavy black uh, weighted chain thing, and I thought, those are pretty. Yeah, that's exactly. And like, they asked him why. They said, how, why did you do it? He said, and I can't repeat on air what he said, but he basically <laughs> said, I'm just that awesome that I can do this. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny to see it, I will say that. Okay, um, I have also become aware that uh, Derrick Henry, who you know is uh, is a Tennessee Titan, right? He he buys these um, really crazy expensive necklaces, um, one of a kind necklaces for his linemen as special gifts. Yeah. So anyway, they now have like a third. They have like you know they're gonna have like a whole jewelry box full of stuff. Okay, let's uh, let, our next story that I teed up for conversation today <clears throat> is Paw. Paternity leave, so not paternity leave like you're the dad, but paternity leave like you've adopted a pet, and so we're going to give you a couple weeks off. Yeah, I, you know, I will say this, Carmen. My my heart says yes to this, 100. percent My head says no way. Why? Why would I'm we just do this? Gonna get but more my dogs. Heart, it is. I'm I, just going to get more dogs. Uh, for sure, you could you could actually take the when when we had uh, several litters of kittens work. at home. That's exactly right. I would never. I mean, those cats were bringing out kittens every. You know, it seemed like <laughs> every eight weeks or so. And and I will admit, my heart, I, I couldn't wait to get home for the day I had been apart from those kittens that that had been birthed in our dining room. I. I'd been apart from them for the better part of six, seven, eight hours, and I couldn't wait to see him again. So if somebody, my heart says, if somebody offered me paternity leave for a few weeks, I probably would have taken it. But my head's like, yeah, this is just another reason to get out of work. Maybe not a great idea. All right. Well, I just thought I would tee that up. So, and then, and then, um, okay, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back to this story about um, this bride and groom yeah. who have planned their wedding. Um, and they've planned the menu for their wedding, and um, you can either have you know meat or fish, right? Right, standard wedding um, fare, right? But there's one vegan. One vegan has been invited to the wedding, and she is demanding an all vegan menu for everyone. All right, that's <laughs> up next. You're on mornings with Carmen. This is a Dr. Peter Kapser and I are going to talk about a story in relationship to a couple who are facing a uh, a pretty controlling and manipulative member of the groom's family who is demanding that they have an all-vegan wedding, even though she's the only vegan guest that has been invited. Um, they have demand, She has demanded, and her parents have concurred. Um, and so this would be the groom's family now demanding that the entire wedding be all vegan in order to ensure the participation of this one member of the family. Peter, how do you respond to this? Oh, gosh. I think you said it well during our conversation in the break. That's not exactly setting up a post-ceremony life together as a family, is it? In, in, in terms of just fracturing over something like this. But you also pointed out something else that I think is important. It's just that there... There is this power play. There is this manipulation. There is this you must think and act and be like me in order for us to, to have a relationship these days. And that's not just happening in these kind of circles. It's it's happening across the board. And, and I know you talk about the polarization happening in our country that affects us as believers. But this is a classic example. And and you you are you have to become a disciple of a certain kind of way in order to fit in in some of these circles. And and if you are not a disciple of the way of veganism, 
they will do, and, and some people, there's a lot of vegans that I know that are vegans for very good reasons, for health mm-hmm. reasons, and, and many there's many, many, many good reasons. But but to try to force conversion on other people to your way of thinking, well, that's part of what you and I were talking about in the break. How How well has it gone for the church to force conversion in its evangelism of its way of life? And and it's the same thing with veganism. It's the same way with socialism, capitalism, you, you name it. When you get into forced conversion situations, it gets really ugly really quickly. The best way to evangelize, and, and now we can tie this into the fact that we're followers of Jesus, the best way to evangelize, evangelize is by the results of your way of life. And in the early church in the book of Acts, it was very clear that their evangelism was because of the way of life they were living together in midst uh, in the midst of this decaying and secularized Roman Empire. People saw how they were treating one another. People saw how they did their life together and they were compelled by that. Now, could they tell the story of Jesus who came and died on the cross for the, the, the global universe, forgiveness of sins for anyone who would want to say yes to that? Of course. And, and that he raised from the dead and the power of sin and death is broken. Yes, they could tell the story of it, but it was their life together that was so compelling. And so if, if the vegan way of life together, you know, vegan way of life of eating is give it 10 years, 15, 20 years, it can be compelling and convincing on its own. You don't have to persuade and force conversion, but boy, do we live in this time where it's all about who has what power and how can I get you to do what I want you to do. But that happens in business, church, politics, all the way across the board. It's, it's, it's an interesting time in which we live where we're always being persuaded, always being forced to think certain ways in subtle and very overt ways. This is just one example of it. So a couple of thoughts. You know, it's one thing for me to, um, you know, recognize in advance that a particular individual um, that I've invited to something in my home or to a larger event, you know, that they have p- particular dietary um preferences and or requirements, right? So right. if I am if I am trying to reach out to, let's say, um, new immigrants in my community who I know are Muslim, like I'm not serving pork. Of like, course right? not. I'm not, not course. I mean, like, right. I mean, of course not. Right. So um, uh, there's a there's an accommodation out of love that I think is appropriate. But the demand that every aspect of an event would be conformed to my personal um, religion. I mean, let's just use that term. Mm -hmm. So I just want to imagine here for a moment that I got invited to a wedding and I said, well, I, you know, on the condition, I will attend on the condition that every aspect of the wedding be authentically Christian. I mean, only if, you know, based on my definition of that. Exactly. I mean, that, a that's a great example. Only, you know, like, I am only going to attend your wedding if every aspect, and that means, you know, we need to examine your sex life. Um, we need to examine, great. I mean, no, I'm going to no, get you're deep right. into your business pretty quick yep. if every aspect of the wedding is going to conform to my understanding of what it means to be equally yoked mm. in an authentically Christian marriage. Yeah. And that's the condition of my attendance. Now, just think about that for just a moment, how few weddings we'd be attending. That's, that's, so, that's so well said, Carmen. And the, other, and the difference, just quickly on that, is it, yeah. as opposed to just let your light shine before men and women. It just just let it shine, and, and it will do its thing when, when the Spirit works through you in, in the light that shines versus what you just described. But, yeah, there's much more. I know. Keep going. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, are they going to serve alcohol? Because, like, yeah. right, if there's any alcoholic attending, like, right, I mean, out of love, let's not serve alcohol. Um, if there's any vegan attending, out of love, let's not serve meat. 
Um, if there's any Baptist attending, let's not have dancing. I mean, that's no, hmm. hey, that's no scrub against Baptists. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> hey, I grew up um, in a situation where we couldn't dance. <laughs> so we, okay. we could creatively is, move, but you couldn't call yeah. it dancing. That's for it's sure. It's not too close together. No, exactly. Um, and there's no mention in this article. This would be my, my last comment on this one. Um, the only religion referenced in this piece is the religion of veganism. It is. Nowhere in here is there a conversation about, hey, I'm a little troubled that you're going to be unequally yoked to a non-believer or to... Um, I mean, there's just there's no conversation here about faith at any level uh, or anyone. And so I just just in terms of the cultural conversations of the day, people are debating things in relationship to family events and and weddings that um, don't include any reference to, hey, how's God feel about all of this? Where's God in all of this? Yeah, it is a religion. One one more one more story. We're going to do the 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 queen declining the oldie (laughs) award, or we're going to do Kanye West is now just yay. Well, I think as you're heading to Hartford tomorrow, Carmen, and and you're gonna you're gonna be in this public place. I was thinking that we need to figure out how to shorten your name like Kanye did, because <laughs> Kanye just going to Yay, and and he tried to make a biblical reference with it, right? Except that Yay, uh, Y E in the biblical text is Ye, from what I understand. So, so he calls himself Yay, and he and he's he he just uh, shortened it for all kinds of interesting reasons. But but you mentioned uh, you know we can't go with Carm, right? That doesn't work, uh, and so. <laughs> How do we, and we can't go with Pete for me. Pete just has never, there's like five people in my life that have pulled off Pete and, and I don't really know why But anybody do. who wants to call the show tomorrow or yeah. text in to the show tomorrow when Peter Kapsner is hosting, if you oh, could no. refer to him as Pete, that would be so great. Oh dear. Oh yeah, no, I know. And my, my grandpa called me Petey. He was the only person in my life Which I could pull so off Petey. Uh, it was, it was great when I was four. So please do text in Petey tomorrow. It'll take me back to my childhood. But what do we do with you? Is it Carm? Is it Big C? Is it? Is it is it the, is it the Burge? How do we how do we do this? <laughs> the Burge. <laughs> There's got to be something uh, we can do. Yeah. No. I um. Hmm. Yeah. So I have. There is a group of people who does have a nickname for me. It's S W M B O. Which you, stands you, for She Who Must you, Be Obeyed. You did tell me that but, when we first met. Indeed. <laughs> but that sounds a little complicated and has lots of you know that takes longer to say than Carmen. It so, does. It um, does. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I met some yeah. beautiful believers in Hartford, by the way, in this last week. I have somebody in my class who's zooming in. He's outside the Hartford area. I was telling him about Faith Radio. And I, what what a fun place to be able to go tomorrow. What are you doing in Hartford? Oh, so um, Jim and I are participating in um, Family Life's Weekend to Remember. And then as a part of that, we're going to have um, an event on Saturday from 4.30 to 6 p.m., with listeners in the Hartford area who text the word meet. Yeah, and they are this morning. I'm seeing it on the text line, and Mm -hmm. people are saying, we're so looking forward to meeting you. So this is really exciting. Yeah, Super fun. Okay, so, um, you know, I'm just going to say there's space available because I don't have any idea. So go ahead and text (laughs) the word meet to 877-933-2484 if you are in the Hartford listening area and would be uh, interested in getting together from 4.30 to 6 p.m. on Saturday, this Saturday. And, hey, if you're listening in... um, in Sioux Falls, we um, we might have an opportunity for you coming up as well. So, you know, everybody stay tuned. That's great. That's what I got. That's well, I between got. now and then, we got to get a shortened nickname for you because the people, you know, we're talking Madonna. We're, we're talking uh, anybody who has that single, that single <laughs> name, right? I think, I think, I think, think just, just Carmen. I think it's fine. I think you're it's fine. Right. It's two syllables. I don't feel like that's too hard to say. No, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you have a great time tomorrow. Fine. All right. Hey, we love you, man. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks in advance for covering tomorrow. Yeah, really looking forward to it. it. Yeah, thanks, Carmen. Right. That's Dr. Peter Kapsner or Pete or Petey, depending on, you know, how irreverent you want to be. All right. We got to take another brief break and then we'll be right back.
There are currently 11 million widows, 13 million grieving spouses in our country, but 11 million of them are widows. Many people lost their spouse um, in the last 18 months. In in Acts chapter 6, we read um, that in, you know, that very first generation of Christians, we read this. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint about the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So in the first generation of Christians, there was a daily distribution to widows. The church took care of widows. James 1.27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. There are many widows among us, and there are many new widows among us this year. Um, Pure Flicks has a mini-series streaming called Rebuild and Restore, and we are going to um, we're going to talk next uh, with uh, with Shannon Fields about not only that series on um, Pure Flicks, but also the ministry of Widow Strong. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Lacato. In February 2015, the terrorist group ISIS beheaded 21 Christians on a beach in Libya. Most of them were Egyptian migrant workers working to provide for their families. ISIS slaughtered the men to shock the world with terror. The response of their families sent an altogether different message. One mother of a 25-year-old victim said, I'm proud of my son. He did not change his faith. I thank God. These men could have lived. With a simple confession of Allah, knives would have been lowered. What would you have done? The question is more than academic. You may not face blades and terrorists, but don't you face critics and accusers, family members who mock your beliefs, professors make fun of your faith, colleagues gossip about your convictions. Do you sometimes feel all alone? Perhaps you were made for this moment. What a pleasure to welcome Shannon Fields to the show. You know her from Facing the Giants, My Brother's Keeper, Order of Rights. And if you're paying attention, you know her from the Pure Flix streaming miniseries, Rebuild and Restore. Shannon, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. All right. This is such a great idea. It's such, um, it's, it's so well done. Tell people what, what is Rebuild and Restore and how can they find it? Okay, so Rebuild and Restore is a mini series that's on Pure Flix, and you can get that on pureflix.com. And it centers around the Bible verse, James 127, where we're asked to um, help widows and orphans. So it's a kind of like a home fix it show where my co host, Ken Fletcher, um, kind of fixes something with the team in the widow's home, inside or out, just depending on what is needed. And my role as the co-host is to help restore her heart. Okay. And so when we, um, when we talk about the heart of the church for the widow, like we are talking about pure and undefiled religion, like we are talking about the real thing. Um, and, and now we're also talking about you. Can you share that part of your story, Shannon? 
Yes. So when I um, was asked to co-host this show, um, everything was all well and good in my life. And what I mean by that is during the making of the show Rebuild and Restore, which we help widows, um, my husband got diagnosed with ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, and it's not, there's no cure. And during our third episode, he passed away and then I became a widow. Um, mm -hmm. I certainly see from a different point of view now on how to help the widow heal forward because I'm also in the same boat. So we help each other now. So thank you for sharing that, um, Shannon. And then let's talk a little bit about understanding and helping um, widows and their families. You you used some language there that I think was really good, and that's helping forward. And there's this, this concept of healing forward. Can you talk about that? Yes. So, um, you know, as a widow or if anybody's experienced any loss, now I'm in my ninth month. So I'm still in my first year. I have mm. a lot of healing forward to go, but um, there's so much grief uh, that goes along with losing someone, losing a spouse and to help somebody heal forward. Just sometimes it is just helping them get off the couch um, to take the next step for that day. Um, sometimes they do like myself just needs to be like, just lock myself up and just be, and that's part of healing too. Um, but then there's days that, um, I, I need, I need help get getting forward and doing what I'm supposed to do, what God has called me to do. And I feel very strong. Like God has put in my heart to help women who just cannot seem to, um, move forward. And there's a lot of them, even after two and three years. And, um, I know I'm healing as well, but that, that helps me heal. I feel like that is a mission that God has put on my life now. Um, it's not any, nobody wants that, um, title widow, but I look at it as, um, a widow warrior because I refuse to quit. Mm. I love that. So we're talking with Shannon Fields. We're talking um, about a mini series on Pure Flix. It's called Rebuild and Restore. One of the places that you can easily find information about it is on Facebook. Go to Rebuild Restore TV. Um, and one of the ministries that you feature, in fact, the ministry that you feature is called Widow Strong. Can you tell us a little bit about Widow Strong? Yes, I love Widow Strong and um, the founder and CEO, Michelle Prinsky. She is also a widow of 14 years and her story is uh, quite amazing. And God placed on her heart many years ago to help widows. So she has uh, partnered with a lot of professional counselors and doctors to help um, really uh, dig, dig deep with the widow. So she has a workbook and a book, and you could go to widowstrong.com and you can purchase that, but so can churches or anybody that wants to start a community group. Um, she has all the resources right there that she has uh, worked so diligently for many years into putting that together. So she's part of the show with us. Um, I like to call her our on-screen counselor. Um, so mm. we partner together. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing that we can we can do this. And now that we're both widows, I can kind of grow from her journey 
and um, she is thriving and doing beautiful with her two girls. Um, she still has girls still at home, children at home, mine are um, out, out and married. Um, but we do partner together and it's not really, and it is a show, but it's more than a show. It goes way beyond the show. Like we have a relationship, a friendship. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I'm finding with all the widows. Um, we come together and we just embrace and hug and we have so much to share. Um, and one of the uh, widows is my sister. Um, year and four months before my husband passed away, she lost her husband. Um, it's just some things you just don't can't understand the walk in this life, but um, we're both uh, in our family healing together. So it's just, um, it can be beautiful through the pain. So Shannon, you wouldn't uh, have any reason to know this about me, but my mom um, became a very young widow when my dad died. He was 43 years old. I was 15. Um, and, and had there been something like this then, I think that her ability to heal forward certainly would have been enhanced. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that one of the things that you all are you know, really hoping to do is to inspire people to take what you guys have done um, and, and use the miniseries as like a, you know, as an example of what we could be doing in our own communities and what we certainly should be doing as, as Christians um, in the world. So we want to encourage you guys to check out Rebuild and Restore. Shannon Fields and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. We're continuing our conversation with Shannon Fields. Uh, we are talking about both the Pure Flix mini series, Rebuild and Restore, which you can find at Pure Flix, and that's F-L-I-X, for those of you who haven't ever been there before, pureflix.com. Um, we're also talking about the ministry Widow Strong. You can find them at widowstrong.com. Shannon, um, maybe you could give people some ideas on reaching out to widows and, and bringing joy and hope into the lives um, of those newly widowed right in our own communities. Yes, I, we, that is, you said that earlier, that is definitely what we want to do and, and to inspire people in their community. There's so many people that don't really know what, sometimes what to say to a widow, what to do, and sometimes it just takes the action. The widow's not going to call and say, Hey, come cut my grass. Um, they're just, we're just not, it's, it's, I don't know what, what it is. Some may ask for help, but I have a hard time asking for help. Um, but if you see that there's a need, maybe take, take some, some dinner. Um, I don't know if she has kids, maybe take, you know, do something with them, cut, cut the grass. There's anything that that you see or something that God places on your heart to do, just, just go do it and just love on her. You don't really have to say anything really. It's just, and, and if you want to say, say, I'm here for you. I, I love you. Um, and I just want to be here for you. Um, because there's just, there's so many days where, um, even way after, the loss of the, their husband that they just, they really sometimes just need um, just a call or a card or whatever, because after all the, um, the live celebrations, the funerals, all the flowers, all the things just kind of die down. You're, you're kind of left with just you. 
and you and the kids, it's me and, and my dog. And sometimes I have um, that lonely feeling. And if there is um, a prompting that I need to go reach out, just reach out. It doesn't even have mm-hmm. to be a big thing. It could be something so simple. So um, here are some thoughts that, uh, that I've had. If you're cutting your grass, go cut hers. If you're changing the batteries in your smoke detectors, go change hers. If you're cleaning out your gutters, go do it for her as well. Um, some of it, I think, in my own experience, Shannon, um, is also about having somebody to sit there while you're sorting through the decision making. It's not necessarily that widows need help making decisions, but having someone who they can trust to just sit there as they process through things, just having, just, just knowing that you're not completely alone as you're trying to decide something um, is helpful as well. And I think that particularly men in the church um, need to step forward in that role. Um, so if you, you know, let's say that you, you are an attorney or you, you, your background is in insurance or, you know, frankly, you're just a good guy who has some experience making decisions in life that you think are just regular, everyday, run-of-the-mill decisions. They're, they're only regular, everyday, run-of-the-mill decisions because you've run there, like, right, you've worked that mill. She hasn't done that yet, um, and certainly not on her own. And so, um, I mean, you know, loading things up in your truck, uh, helping her move some furniture, like some stuff is really hard to do when you're all by yourself, um, and especially if, you know, I don't know, you're of an age. I'll just say it that way. So let's be, um, let's be thoughtful. Let's be proactive. Let's not wait to be asked Let's um, let's recognize that all of, you know, all of the issues and concerns aren't resolved in the first couple of weeks or the first couple of months or even the first couple of years. Um, Can I ask you, Shannon, this is like a this is like a, you know, girl to girl question. Okay. so I have a I have a friend who is a brand new widow um, and precious, precious marriage, precious life together. um, And he was. once he was diagnosed, he died very quickly. Um, and we then have another mutual friend um, who is divorced and has been divorced a very long time and now wants my newly widowed friend to, like, go out with her to bars and, you know, find a man. Can you just speak to that? Because that's just not where the Christian woman widow, at least in this case, my friend, that's not where she is. And I'm having a hard time equipping and empowering her to sort of resist the Uh, resist the other friend yeah that is not um that's definitely some something that's not on my radar and it's just that to me is not a place um where you want to find a partner um well she doesn't even want to be looking for a partner it's not like a replacement part that's not where just not where she is at all she doesn't need to go you know um no, that's not, that's something that she, I, I'm with you that she doesn't need to go do. Um, there is so much healing. People don't realize even after a year, sometimes the second year is harder than the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you had a marriage that was precious and good and just, um, that is not the place that she needs to go. And that's not the direction she needs to go. Um, she needs to be with her family, friends, and 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 heal that way. Um, mm-hmm. Not not in a bar. No, 
I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that one. I love I love the council of two. So see, now I feel like I'm empowered to just, I mean, you know, that was my sense and that was my leading and that's the counsel that I gave her from myself. Um, yeah. But now I'm going to say, you know, I've actually talked to an expert about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, that, you got to be really careful too, because um, gosh, to me, like I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm not a very sensitive person I per se, but I've lost the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested in going to a bar where there's other men that's looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not going to say when you're supposed to take your rings off when, are, when you're supposed to look for a relationship and all those things. But, um, if she is definitely not ready to do any of those things, she doesn't need to pursue that with her. That's not healthy. That's not um, going to help her heal. She needs a friend that can just go out to eat, go to the movies, mm-hmm. come sit over. Like I have a couple, I have a friend couple that's in the acting world uh, with me. A lot of people would definitely know who they are, are coming over for dinner tonight. Um, they were, they, they came to my husband's, um, live celebration. I didn't even talk to them because there were over a thousand people that I just saw, I saw them out of the crowd. They were there. They supported me that way. And they're coming over. We're having dinner. We're, um, just having good conversation and it's just, it's company. It's, but it's good. It's, it's a good healing thing. I'm so excited about it. Um, so those are the kind of things I would definitely recommend. I always go like yesterday, I went with my daughter. We, we met at a coffee shop and now she's older. So some people have younger kids and they have to do things differently. Um, mine just happens to be adults and we, we make sure we do something weekly together. Um, and you have been you, where my daughter is and she just wants to be with her mom and, and mm-hmm. make memories make memories that to help us heal forward. We're intentionally making good memories. Um, That's so good. We have to, we, we have to do it. We, we are already planning our Christmas. Um, my sister-in-law, she, they're coming. We're super close and she has been, oh, she has been there for me for everything. She helped me go through my husband's clothes. Mm-hmm which that is a hard, one of the hardest things to do for a widow. Mm-hmm. Some, some for years just still can't do it, but we did it with a purpose. My husband was so inspirational. He, he loved, he was a football coach and he touched so many lives. I can't even count. Um, we took his clothes to um, a place that helped men uh, recover from drugs and alcohol, hundred percent of what the center sells goes to that, that their mm. center to help. So I love that. we just kind of did that with a purpose. So sometimes that helps a little bit that you're not just dropping it off at Goodwill. Like you. Yeah, you, totally. Yeah. So no, totally. That, I think that's so good. Hmm. Shannon, um, what a delight. Um, thank you so much. I loved the highlight of the of the friend couple as well. I know that for my mom, the loss of those couple friendships, right, was hard as well. That we you know when my dad was gone, then all of a sudden the men disappeared, and that's really hard too. So let's just say this. It's not catching. Like, don't be afraid of widows. 
Um, let's lean in. Let's love them up. Widowstrong.com. Great resources there. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. What a delight. And um, and have a blessed evening with your friends. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a great Absolutely. morning. Likewise. We'll be right back. Hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for those of you texting in. Um, really appreciate and love you so much. Uh, remember, I am going to be at Family Life's Weekend to Remember in Hartford, Connecticut this weekend. So Peter Kapsner will be here hosting tomorrow. I'm looking forward to meeting those of you in the Hartford area who are able to do so on Saturday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. If you want to join in that, text the word MEET to 877-933-2484. Um, do something conscientious this, this weekend for a widow. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.